This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. I'm joined once again in studio with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you again. Thank you, Brian. Good to see you. We are going to tackle an important topic uh, in regard to handling finances in the church. There's a lot of conversations about this. This, uh, Unfortunately, where you hear most about this is when finances have been mishandled and there's even been criminal actions in the church that have happened as a result of mishandling. So this is an important topic we want to talk about for accountability's sake. Um, but we do want to ask you that if you listen to this podcast much or been helped by it, if you go to to iTunes and give us a review, um, that we would, we would appreciate it just to get the feedback, help us to grow in this. And, um, and I want to th- throw it to Jim on this topic because, Jim, the Bible addresses uh, how we should handle finances as a church, but it also addresses even specifically how pastors should engage with money for these reasons, is, does it not? It does, Brian. And this is always a this is a, a tricky topic. Uh, there was a time I prided myself that I never, ever, ever preached about money and, uh, and uh, I didn't talk about it. And part of that was, again, you don't want your good to be spoken of as evil. There was the recognition that, you know, uh, churches have a reputation. Oh, man, here they come. They pass the plate. We don't pass a plate in our congregation. We do not have a... Uh, we have we have boxes in the back of the of the sanctuary, and pe- uh, people know that that's that's where you. Do I'm not shy. Them. We pass the plate, okay. just so you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so you know, <laughs> you, you don't have a trumpet next to it. You know, there's nothing. You know, but but it's very very low key. But I was convicted at some point. Recognize the Bible does talk about this issue, and it does talk about generosity. It does talk about the you know, collection of things. It talks about providing for men in ministry and. And so we've taught. We had a message. Or a message. We did a podcast on a, on a, a pastor's salary and That's right. some of the sticky things about that. But so a couple of things quickly. You know, so the Bible does address this theme. Uh, churches ought to be giving. Uh, believers ought to be giving, and that ought to be dealt with in, in membership classes. Uh, I don't think we ought to feel ashamed to address an area that the Bible addresses. And maybe we will speak of, I recognize that it can sound like special pleading. It could sound like I'm after your money. I assure you that's not what I'm doing. I'm not saying this because we're behind on the budget or anything else. I'm simply saying this because whether your church is struggling or whether it's flourishing financially, you still have a, a responsibility as a member to give proportionally. I'll, I'll leave it at that, whether you hold to a tithe or, or simply a generous, hilarious giver. Yeah. But a, a, as such, as pastors, uh, you know, we are warned not to be greedy. In fact, there are those, Paul says, who, who think that godliness is a means of gain. And, and certainly there are innumerable people that we know who use ministry as an opportunity to fleece the flock, you know, in uh, Ezekiel is told so clearly, are yeah. not shepherds to feed the flock and not themselves, you know. Uh, and so that is, a, it's a great danger. Um, we, some pastors may be around money a lot because maybe they don't have a deacon yet or the he and the deacon do, do these things together. And so they count the money. Uh, it may be somebody leaves uh, cash somewhere that's around Boy, there's all kinds of temptations. A lot of pastors don't get paid a whole lot. We talked about there's the greedy guys on the one hand, and then there's the subsistence level guys or below subsistence level guys on the other. And 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 for either and for everybody in between, there can be temptation to discontentment, to want more, to pilfer something that doesn't belong to them. 
we probably have both been part. I know, I know, I have, but Brian, you've particularly been a part of a church situation that went uh, that had a major scandal. Was in the news, uh, front page of the uh, local paper, and everything. Yeah. Describe maybe a little bit what happened and what effect that's had on you since you've been in ministry. Yeah. So before I went to Auburndale, I was at a I was at a large church on staff there, and there was there was a lot of there were questionable practices with handling money while I was there, um, and just knew about some of those kind of things. You know, no accusations, but just policies that seemed unwise for mm-hmm. accountability. I left and went to Auburndale, and eighteen months later, the pastor of that church was exposed to have lost a quarter of a million dollars of the church's money in the stock market. Mm. And it had been exposed that, and there had been signs all over the place to a lot of people that that there was just some unwise practices taking place. But wait, that was wait, a real wake-up call. Real quick, was, was he, would he have claimed he was doing that to, for the church? Oh, certainly. To, to, or for himself? Certainly. No, he would, he would have said it would have been for the benefit of the, the church. Do you believe that? Uh, no. Okay. So, but but I mean, you know, it's it's tricky because, sure, um, you know that it's just a complete misunderstanding of uh, and taking advantage of the situation. Sure. And and have, here was the problem is that he he had no checks and balances in regard to how money was spent. Right. So most pastors who are listening to this podcast right now, who are probably pastoring smaller churches, like if there's a Southern Baptist church, they probably have like a five hundred dollars ceiling that has to be voted on by the church before that money can be okay. spent. Right. So, you know, which we can talk about whether that's a bit over the top or not, but the where I was this this particular this one pastor had complete freedom to spend money however he felt necessary and and it was it, it became a scandal because of how it was not just what happened but how it was set up and and there was no accountability there was no it. accountability there's no reporting of that to the congregation was there not a budget that was presented well, at, at a business meeting and and well uh, there were there were budgets and this went out and this is how we spent the lord's money no not regularly okay. and so there's a budget put forward but again it's it, it, there that was not uh, how every dime was spent was not at all recorded and shown the church on a regular okay. basis. So he was he was he had been there twenty years. He's the one that grew the church large, but even even that made him untouchable. He was eventually fired over that scandal. Yeah, and uh, and then this church uh, ended up calling a pastor that ended up then having. Uh, an affair within the first year with him. So this this poor church just Aye. went through uh, some terrible things, but it all started with with uh, just the lack and then of the accountability. The guy was an Al Qaeda operative, right? No, it well, actually turned it actually different church. a different church. It, that church finally turned the right direction at Good. that point. But, Excellent. But you know, I'm actually amazed when that happened. I thought, how does the this church isn't even going to be around? But it has. I mean, it's hung in there. It's, it's been survived. interesting. But your question was about that story and how has that affected. The ministry I do. I remember then I go to a small dying church in the South right. End, and that was in financial shambles. And they had all they had all these different practices set up that were way over the top in a lot of ways because money had been mishandled. There's a lot of skepticism. Pastors had come and gone in that way. So uh, one of the things that um, that was there, they had that $500 ceiling at that church that you could not spend anything, and thus the church voted. Uh, for that to be spent. And there is a ceiling still in our church to where you have to get approval from the congregation before a certain amount is spent. Okay. I That's that's just been the common practice in, in the church. But what practice I did institute 
that I made sure was there every single month at our members meeting is that every dime that's been spent in the church that month is recorded and presented to the church. Right. And that's that's one important piece of, you know, of accountability as we're talking about finances. So how do how do you guys your how do you all at your church determine accountability because you were the, you planted your church, you're you're the founding pastor and you're yeah. still here 27 years later. Right. You know, that creates its own challenges either of a blind trust towards you and money or even people who are who are cynical about it. Right. Well, Brian, first of all, we uh, I believe that that's part of the the deacons role in the church. And so they will occasionally bring things to the elders and say, you know, how should we handle this or, or handle that? So so a couple of quick things, you know, so, you know, as far as you, you set up as the Lord has blessed and prospered us to say, how do we spend this money? And so I, I have a, a little formula that I talk about sometimes. I talk about uh, men, men, missions, mercy, mortar. You know, so mortar. I mean, oh, building. Okay, say that you, slower. For right, so men, that is, that is, you're, you're taking care of those men who teach and preach the gospel. Okay. that that ought to be. Okay. Uh, missions. Okay. Mercy. That is taking care of the poor and needy, mm-hmm. and then mortar. And that is, you know, brick, the buildings. And, you know, building, and, and you know, hey, we want a you know, new wing on the building. Well, not at the expense of of, of mercy, not at the expense of missions, missions. and not that's at good. the expense of having men in ministry, because you know those things need to take top priority. Oh, that's helpful. So, a- as you do go through that again, it's this matter of biblical priorities, like we talked about in a previous podcast about you only have so much time, and it ought to reflect your uh, your priorities. Same with money. So. What happens is we have a group of people, um, the deacons, uh, who uh, they all get to, they get together, and when they count the money, they, they have several of them all together, and then each of them signs their name um, to to you know so that they go through it. This is this check. This is this check. This much cash. Uh, this much came in on checks. This much came in on cash. All of them sign that together, and then all of that is is recorded. Couple uh, questions of protocol, real fast. So you have two people counting the money all the time. That's uh, four or five, actually. Okay, and who does it? You you require one signature or two on a check. Two. Okay, so you have. Which I mentioned that because that's not a that's not something you have to do, but that is another way to have accountability. Is that you have t- two signatures that have been approved by the church? Right. You can sign it. Uh, have to sign it. Right, and I think again, you you want to be able to have things just completely above board. There may be certain things where you want to say, oh, do I, uh, does everybody's uh, benevolent need need to be made known publicly? All right, so you might say at the end of the year, like we're going to have our annual business meeting uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And so maybe say, let's say we spent $15,000 on internal benevolence. And do we need to go through and say, well, this family needed help with with this. This family needed help. You mean with tell that. the church? Tell the church. Tell the church, or, or do you just have it generally? Mm. I think another question you have is the the pastor's salary. Uh, now we have four men now that receive compensation, and rather than say as we used to do, Jim makes exactly this much money. Uh, and I had to stand up there, you know, and watch as people are like, uh, either like, that's terrible, or he's way overpaid, you know. Uh, we lump all that in together. And so the, the, 
you know that this this is the amount this is what you know so you can break that down and if somebody really feels they need to know it we'll we'll share that with them you know if you can uh, you know we we want to be we're accountable we have every every dollar every penny accounted for in our budget um it's funny you tell that story by the way because i i i make the joke that every members meeting that uh we vote on a budget and they put my line item and my my full salary and all the benefits in one line, so everybody gets to see what that is. Which a ton goes to health insurance, so you like have to and other things like that. So you have to break that down. I actually don't take right. that home with me that number, but I've always joked that the church every year evaluates how badly they want me to be their pastor. Every <laughs> pastor who has to stand there, like like you described, it's stand hard. up yeah, there in that moment, be, right, right. is really hard and awkward. Yeah, it can so be. If you're listening to this and you've had to go through that, you're in good company because. That is hard, but at the same time, that's part of accountability. It whether is. whether the church needs to know what you make, or at least in some general idea how money's being spent, depending on the size of the numbers, pastors cannot resent that. It's good that people know how the money's spent because there shouldn't be anything to hide. How whether right, you, that's the big thing, Brian. Is yep. there's no hiding, and and you know again whatever we have to go through with that. Uh, I mean, I'm at a point. I've been here 27 years. Uh, the The congregation has grown. We, you know, I mean, the church has, has been. I'm almost. I'm at the point now where I feel almost embarrassingly generous to me. Whereas there was a time, and when I first moved here, our church took in nine thousand dollars that year, right. and I had a part time job. There were three or four other churches that gave, and so. I didn't. I didn't struggle with any sense of like, wow, am I? Is the workman worthy of that? You know, because there's, we're able to give something like the the deacons do want to give, and the church does want to give a you know cost of living increase. At some point here, I feel like that just needs to be stopped. You know, um, because some of my responsibilities are lessened. My kids are growing, and they're soon going to be out of the home, and it's different than. You know, four kids at home and braces and school fees and all the clothes. I should let you pay for braces. That that just hit me. That's what oh, we should maybe work we can out. Put that in. Right, we should sure. work that. They're at least in part of your salary package at your church anyway. Okay. So yeah. Now I think it's it's interesting that your church is one of the most generous churches I know, and yet you started this podcast by saying that one you don't even pass a plate, and yeah. and two that you know you historically have not talked a lot about money in the church. Correct. So so I think, you know, it's important for a pastor to hear this. You hammering your people to just give more all the time is not the answer to fixing financial issues in the church. I would say your church is generous because of other ways you're leading and uh, in the culture the church has formed. So one kind of last word of, of advice, Jim, for pastors listening to this, how they think through either their own taking care of the finances or trying to think through how they just know that their their church is giving like they should, and that and this is what they this is what God's giving them to steward. Wow, yeah, so those are some tough questions. That might be another right? podcast, it but try to be brief podcast. with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try try to remember everything you 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 said. You know, again, so uh, a, a pastor has to deal with these areas. You know, you, there's there's really no way around that. At least you know, just to some degree. Um, he's going to get. He, he receives some compensation. Uh, he, it may be reported to him what the you know that either we're struggling 
monetarily uh, such and such a family doesn't give. I mean, to me, that becomes a spiritual issue. So, you know, sometimes yeah. we will be informed, although I don't know who gives what. I do sometimes know if, if people aren't giving at all. Yeah. Because sometimes that is indicative of a spiritual issue. And so you know, that's a very awkward conversation, but the kind of thing you need to be able that's to That's almost tackle. another podcast, I think, right. it, it is. Yeah. But then again, you, you have to guard your heart. I mean, you have to... you recognize the tremendous scandal um, harm that can come to Christ and the end of your ministry if you're a greedy man or if you're pilfering you're done and, and and you cause the enemies of Christ to blaspheme and so to try to come at this with a wise heart but also a content heart uh, and and then we've also talked in the past maybe even a hopeful heart that the Lord may be able to eventually allow you to more ably take care of your family. But but having food and clothing with this, we should be content. That's, That's right. a hard thing to be able to come to. But it's uh, there for a reason. It is, it is there for a reason. I, I, I want to wrap things up by saying that, remember that in the pastorals, Paul writes to Timothy, 1 Timothy 3, and specifically says in the qualifications of a pastor that he should not be a lover of money. Right. And that's there for a reason. Right on. Um, and so pastors listening to this, the best way to steward the church's finances is to know your own heart and, and how you're being torn by money in the church mm. and to realize mon- money's important. You got to steward it well. There's got to be accountability, but it, it is, it is not the central aspect of defining your ministry or your church. And so um, be mindful of your own heart, how money affects you. Does m- how much does money make you make this decision instead of that decision. It's not from a wise stewardship thing. It's because you want more of this, but don't have yeah. it. And you need to understand your own heart and that'll, that will guide you well. So Jim, will you pray for pastors listening to this, that they will be wise stewards of what God's, whatever God has given them in the church and that God will protect them from any, any mishandling of that. Mm, let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we recognize that you have committed yourself and your word to provide all our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ. Our Father, we do pray in this touchy issue where our own lives are affected and the ability to be able to perhaps partake of and even righteously enjoy some of the good things of this world are tied into our salary. Uh, Father, some of the men listening here are, are, are poorly paid or, or not well compensated. Others may feel overcompensated. Father, we pray for hearts of, of, of wisdom and contentment on how to address things and especially how to interact with this world's goods. Father, pray that every heart here and every, every hand here will be kept from sin uh, in this area that would cause shame to the gospel. Uh, help us, Father, to recognize that we have an opportunity to bear witness in our contentment uh, in how we handle and steward your resources. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.